Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got the whole gang with us this week with Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. Uh, the countdown's on, guys. Six days until the college football playoff national championship between Georgia and TCU. Start with you, Rusty. We're a few days removed from that Peach Bowl. How's the week treating you as, uh, like I said, countdown continues? Well, I didn't stop at Bojangles there. It's the first comment, so I didn't have time to leave. So, you know, like all three of us here, it's um, when you get to the end of the year, it's kind of a grind. We've went through recruiting, portal recruiting coverage, you know, trying to get practice coverage. It is – uh, it's a grind, but it's something you, you want to as a site to be in this last game. But uh, it's it's buckle up time for all of us as we get ready to head to California later this week. Yeah, I need to probably go ahead and start packing the bag because it'll be here before we know it. Kip, how is the day treating you? As uh, again, a lot a lot of content these last few days, and uh, it'll be uh, uh, as soon as we turn around, it'll be Georgia versus TCU in uh, LA. Breathless. I mean, uh, there's no chance to catch your breath with this. I'm, I'm like you. I'm thinking my checklist, my travel checklist. Where am I at with that? Uh, we're still trying. We're still trying to take in the game we just watched. You know, being up there in the press box. That's that's just one of those games we'll be talking about for years to come. But then it's might not even be you know the game we're talking about. The, the, this season was really, you know, based upon and we have another game to think about uh, coming up next Monday. So we're kind of in between. We're, we're looking behind. But, you know, like Jamon Dumas Johnson said, you, you, you can't you got to be it's the next play. You can't you can't be thinking about the last play. You know, and that's what we're doing right now. We're trying to think about the next play. But you, you, you try to catch your breath and you're, and you're like, what did we just watch? And, and what are we, what are we doing right now? And then, you know, still thinking about the early signing period, still thinking about, you know, Georgia's got double digit guys at all American games this week. You know, as Rusty reported, you got some, you know, some early enrollees are out there. Some are actually going with the team this week. If we think our head, you know, we're not able to handle what we're going through. Imagine being one of those signees, you know, you, you just graduated early congratulations for being an early enrollee now you're flying out to la to to take part in practice with the team for the national championship so it's just all about perspective right now we're in a great place uh, at dogs 247 lucky to be here and excited to cover this game for you guys 
Yeah, it's going to be a wild week, no doubt. Well, we thought we would start this week with another mailbag episode. Um, if you're listening to us live, drop questions in the comments. We're going to kind of toggle back and forth between comments from people listening live as well as people on the junkyard who left comments. See, that's one of the advantages you get if you are a VIP member over at Dogs247. We have uh, the threads we pop up on there before we record these podcasts and, and draw some of the questions and, and make sure we get a chance to tackle them on the podcast going to throw this first one to Rusty, and this is from Munson's Broken Chair, who asks, what is Georgia's biggest advantage and what is Georgia's disadvantage against TCU? What, what sort of stands out to you, Rusty, about this matchup? Things that could be favorable for Georgia and ways that TCU may have the upper hand? Uh, not just uh, big national championship experience, big game experience. You go back to Clemson last year, you know, neutral site. You go back to even a loss, SEC championship last year, Alabama. You go back to Georgia winning in the Orange Bowl last year. You go back to Georgia winning the national championship. Um, you go back to Georgia winning the SEC championship this year. You win in the Peach Bowl. Um, they have big game experience. Their quarterback has been in every now situation you could possibly be in in the last two and a half year, last two years as a starter, which is invaluable. And, you know, being down 14 twice is, um, is, is invaluable. Now on the flip side of that, I'm very aware Georgia's almost a two touchdown favorite. Uh, TCU comes in this game with zero to lose. They're going to empty the playbook. All the pressure is on Georgia. I mean, let's not beat around the bush there. I mean, Georgia's expected to win this game. They're expected to handle business as a 14-point favorite in a national championship. So what happens is you got a team that has a chip on their shoulder. You have a team that nobody's given any chance to. Um, you know, this thing gets into the fourth quarter. Uh, things get a lot tighter there. So I think that, the, you know, it's like the, the Ohio State prediction. Um, I, I trusted Georgia more. And the reason I trusted Georgia more is because they've been in these games. And this roster has been in these games. So TCU, without a doubt, has earned their way to Los Angeles. And I went back and looked at all these magazines. I got some of these preseason magazines, and I'll write some stuff on that later this week. The, the range of their ranking was nuts. I mean, it's like 19th to 42nd. And they're in the national championship game. So what Sonny Dykes has done, what Matt uh, Dugan has done, Duggan has done, I mean, just what they do as a team. Uh, what they've accomplished. Uh, so I, I think for Georgia, it's big game experience advantage. Disadvantage is all the pressures on them. The one thing I'd add to that, Rusty, too, is this is a team that does not go away quietly. I mean, the, the games, uh, I, I don't know the number, but when we talked to Kirby Smart today, he said that he's pretty sure they lead the nation in comeback victories. I mean, games where they've been down. And you saw it even in the only loss they've had this year against Kansas State. We were all there in Mercedes-Benz Stadium watching that game, and they were getting I mean, pretty much clobbered by Kansas State. And Max Duggan put that team on his back. And, I mean, it looked like a video game. He he had to kind of sit for a second and recollect himself at one point. I mean, they needed they needed to get that guy oxygen the way he was playing and putting it all out there. And, and two, yeah, I mean, this is a team that did not ha have high expectations. I had a couple players on the teleconference that was held today. And, and I'm not sure which player it was who was talking at the time. But he said, basically, we're used to being and underdogs we were picked seventh in the big 12 this year um they finished a little bit better than seventh they will end up making it to the big 12 championship game take a tough overtime loss and then a bounce right back and in, in the playoff 
uh, and we see what they've been able to accomplish since then. Uh, throw this one to Kip with the question from Tech Dog 96 Where do you see our biggest areas of improvement between the Ohio State game and the Natty coming up? What should be the focus, Kip? There's a little bit of time, obviously not as much since the SEC championship game to the Peach Bowl, um, but Georgia does have a little bit of time to prepare as they look to TCU. Well, I could say one thing that they're not going to get, and, and that's Nolan Smith back. And you kind of saw that impact in this game. I, I think the one thing that may have surprised you was just, you know, how well C.J. Stroud was able to avoid pressure, evade pressure, extend plays, and, and, and scramble. I, I think, I mean, credit to their offensive line. They they saw the most pressure they'd given up all season, but it also, Georgia had to pressure more than they have all season. It was kind of both ways. Well, they got, you know, they did get home, and, and again, Stroud went down more than he had in the game. Uh, but there was a high cost in that. When you're having to send all these guys, I mean, again, you're, you're the cost of, of, of blitzing like that is that, you, you know, more susceptible in, in the secondary. I think that's kind of where – Georgia's going to take these couple of practices and do some self-scouting because now they have film to go back and say, how can we have contained this quarterback better? You know, they've played multiple mo- uh, mobile quarterbacks this game, and they're not all the same. But at the same time, a- a- against, uh, you know, a-, a pretty solid offensive line, uh, Georgia did not consistently get to C.J. Stroud, and and they didn't get to him quickly enough. And I think that's that's an aspect they can go back. And obviously having Chas Chambliss back, you know, if he's able to go out there which we think he will be able to that's obviously going to help uh he's a big help and contain uh, he does a great job with that uh, i think that small munden is a guy that they might be asked not just to stay home more but you know he might be asked to come downhill and, and provide some added pressure which he did in that game against ohio state so i think that's kind of an aspect where you go back and say hey now, we did a really good job against Bo Nix and, and kind of containing a player like that. Max Duggan's a similar player, in my opinion, to Bo Nix, brings some similar skills and traits to the table. You know, what did we do wrong against Ohio State? What did we do right against Oregon? This is also a very experienced offensive line with TCU, just like Oregon uh, put on the field. Where can we go with that, knowing we don't have Nolan Smith? What can we do with our personnel to not just get – to Max Duggan, but bring him down and, and make sure that he doesn't extend plays with his legs. You mentioned Chaz Chambliss. This is a good question from Thomas T-Bone. Do we have any injury updates on those dogs like I heard Saturday? Well, yes and no. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Kirby Smart today. He was asked, Darnell Washington, who had hurt his left ankle in that game, Chaz Chambliss, who on Sunday when Kirby talked, I think that was on SportsCenter, uh, he said it was a hyperextended knee for Chaz. Warren McClendon didn't go with that MCL sprain that he suffered in the SEC championship game. Uh, Kirby said he's hopeful that those guys will be able to play if you've been uh, following this team all year kirby's hopeful a lot when it comes to injuries i mean they're day-to-day yeah yeah and uh so we'll see aren't we all day-to-day rusty Uh, regiment is day-to-day doesn't mean it's gonna be good news but it's day-to-day hey proud of you for saying day-to-day i would have gone week to week with mine but uh yeah i mean we're gonna just have to wait and see and we'll probably get a little bit of a heads up I, i haven't looked at the entire schedule i think we may get to watch a little bit of practice between now and monday 
Um, and we'll definitely get to talk to players, so we might be able to see those guys. But uh, Kirby's not going to show his hand. And um, someone asked, and I'm not sure if I pulled this for the questions, injury updates on the TCU side. And it seems like the only question right now is Kendra Miller, one of their running backs, uh, who got hurt. I think it was a knee. Um, uh, today when Sonny Dykes was on the call, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. He said that uh, Kendra was feeling better, but that he would characterize, uh, c- categorize the injury and say that he is questionable. Um, so that's going to be something to watch going into that game. Um, so, yeah, and, and I asked Kirby about this, too, when you talk about those injuries. And I'm going to write about this probably later today in sort of that rewatch, you know, going back and watching the uh, Peach Bowl again. Go look at that very last drive on defense. You had so many freshmen on the field at that time. Marvin Jones, Jr., Jalen Walker, you obviously got Malachi Starks in the back and Michael Williams. And I asked Kirby about that, and he said, well, you know, they weren't playing perfect. We won't go out and say that, but, you know, that they had uh, got put in a situation where they had to lean on those guys. And to Kirby's credit, to what he was saying, it wasn't perfect. But they found a way to win. Those guys, uh, you know, I think got really valuable reps in those moments. And you'd have to say that's only going to value um, and only going to benefit those guys going into next week and then even going into 2023 because those are still young guys uh, learning the expectations and learning what it takes to play at this level. Uh, throw this one to Rusty. Uh, I think it's a question a lot of people have right now. Hunker Dog Hunt. Hunker Down asks, has this secondary regressed or progressed as this season has gone on? Is this the team's biggest weakness going into the national title game? What, what are your thoughts on where the secondary stands right now? Granted, coming off that they played one of the most talented wide receiver cores in the nation. I think you could. this could be a very um, long answer if I really got into what I thought each individual player they all have their strengths. They all have some things that limit them. Malachi Starks is the best athlete, and he is a freshman. So they got him a couple of times formation-wise. Chris Smith is by far the smartest, uh, one of the most overachieving players that's, that's played at Georgia in a long time because I'm telling you, he's not going to test well. He doesn't run well. He makes plays. He's instinctive. He tackles. But – you know, they'll get him in a matchup and, you know, they went after him last year in the Alabama game and he, he made some plays when he needed to. Um, you know, Lassiter is a guy that I think is continuing to learn. I, I really love the upside of him. I think he's going to be a really, really good player last year. Keely Ringo is the one that people really want to talk about. And I was reminded in the locker room the other night when I stood beside him, like how big that dude is and how fast he is. He is a one percentile body. Now, you know, he gets tested a lot and, you know, ball skills. Sometimes he is not very consistent. I think that's something he's going to have to improve on. I didn't think he played as bad as I guess the, the social media thought the other night. I, I, you know, this guy gets tested that third down play before the misfield. So the third down play, they tried to throw the slant in front of him and he blocked, he knocked that ball down and they've been completing that. So credit to Keely Ringo to adjust biggest play of the game for me, for him was that third down. It was almost like William Poole last year in the national championship play on that third down in route Alabama ran, uh, and he knocked it down. So you got to have plays like that. And um, I just think right now Georgia's secondary has been better than what that John Buller's playing out of his. He is playing lights out. He's the guy right now that is really, really playing. So uh, there was it wasn't all on the secondary the other night. It was not all on the secondary. They could not get pat. They couldn't get pressure. I mean, I can just get simple with you. Ohio State was freaking good. 
And I, I'm telling you right now, they laid an egg against Michigan, a flat-out egg. And we talked about it privately. We talked about it on the board. That was the most dangerous matchup, in my opinion, for Georgia was Ohio State because they gave they could give Georgia fits and one-on-one battles, and they did. Credit Georgia. End of the day, they were last one standing. So I wouldn't say regressed. I just think that Georgia's kind of limited in some, in some spots with some certain things. I think that's the best way to answer this is they're limited in the secondary at some spots. And you look at what Georgia is bringing from the last class to what they signed, and the common denominator there is length and speed. They are trying to get faster in that secondary. Uh, but I can't say enough about Chris Smith because I, you know, we kept covering him as well. He's a three-star kid at a hateful charter. I would have never in my life thought Chris Smith would be this type of contributor. And uh, he'll find a way. You just don't bet against him. He will find a way to make an NFL, and he'll find a way, if he's healthy, to scratch out five or six years somehow, some way. What a great kid. Um, you know, he came up to me in the locker room by the night, first time I've seen him, probably four years in person. He's like, hey, Mr. Manziel, how you doing, man? I'm like, dude, you're doing damn good. Like, <laughs> you're doing fine. Don't worry about me. Uh, I, you know, so, um, you know, I just think they're limited in spots. And and it got exposed a little bit the other night. So, uh, we'll just see how they progress. I know that got a little long-winded, but that's really an answer you have to be really careful with. I think they're limited. I don't know that it's regressed. Uh, but I think Georgia's certainly trying to change things with, with, with their last two recruiting classes. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on it specifically with Keeley, and that was something, too, with that rewatch story I was going to mention, that he played pretty well. I mean, there were issues, and, and I don't think anyone in the secondary played perfect, but think, too, about that play he made to knock the ball out. Now, it rolls out of bounds. They can't get it. That's a really heads-up play to get a hand on the ball. He did it on purpose. Like, you see him take that swing at the ball. It wasn't like it was an accident. He punched that thing out. Yeah, yeah. And, again, that that play with on the slant, I mean, that turns a 50-yard field goal into a, probably about a 41, 42-yard field goal, and that matters. And, and I think that that was a good point to point out. Um, another question before we go to a break. Uh, Jordan Harris just asking about Darnell ankle or foot. It was announced as a left ankle injury in the press box um, at the time. Um, you know, he was on crutches. I saw someone else ask, is he going to play? We don't know for sure. I have my doubts, and we've talked about this, but just with that injury, and again, that's a big old guy. Yeah, it's asking a lot, and uh, I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to get Darnell on the field, but I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to Darnell playing. I'll say this. I I, I sat on the board this morning. I, I would be surprised. I won't be shocked, but I would be surprised if he plays such a big dude. Uh, but I don't think we get enough credit for Oscar Depp, what he did. I mean, Oscar Depp is no – it's hard to compare yourself to Darnell Washington because we've all done this so long. There's not many 6'7", 280-pound um, tight ends running around ever. Uh, but 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 Oscar Delp to come in and do what he did, and he was able to block the edge now. And those are some big dudes over there, uh, Harrison and, 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 and 44. So I feel like that Oscar Delp showed Georgia some promise, and some, and he'll he'll get his chance if Darnell Washington is unable to go or plays in limited snaps. Uh, I think Oscar Delp's going to fill in just fine. We'll go to a break, and when we come back, I'll get Kip's thoughts on the secondary and answer some more questions as we uh, go through and, and talk a little bit more about this game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, Kip, what, what were your thoughts on the secondary things that sit out in that game and, and maybe just where the secondary stands with one game to go? Yeah, I was just thinking about the question just as far as the season going on. You, you, you look at when Nolan Smith went down, it just kind of put a microscope, you know, under where Georgia was kind of weak at this season. You know, being able to affect opposing quarterbacks. You know, Nolan Smith uh, out there doing a solid job at that, but then at the same time, you know, he he goes down. You can't mask that issue anymore. It's it's out there for everyone. They know, and so the secondary is being asked to cover for a much longer time. They're getting tested, and so more time to throw. That's longer time in coverage. And in this game, you're facing an NFL, not just an NFL quarterback, a guy that's going to go in the first five picks in the draft, throwing to guys who are going to play in the NFL as well. You know, just Cade Stover, Marvin Harrison Jr., the whole that those pass catchers are NFL guys. And and so when you have all that together, I mean, this secondary, it's not getting exposed. It's getting tasked to the point where you're going to have coverage breakdowns. And even, I mean, even Javon Bullard, he had the PI early in the game. So I just think, again, it's it's not so much they regressed. They got pushed to the limit. And I think you look at, at Georgia's recruiting class, you look at the guys they're bringing in in this class and, and guys like Gabe Harris, you know, you get you, you get Damon Wilson in there, you get Samuel and Pemba in there, uh, those edge rushers, you could tell they're trying to answer those questions and you bring back, you know, some, some guys that are young this year, like Marvin Jones Jr., uh, you know, and I think that, and Darius Smith, you got guys with upside there next year they might have some more answers or something like that. And then your secondary is not asked to, to be in coverage for five and six seconds at a time, which is just an impossible impossible ask for, for any secondary in the country. I wanted to point out, since you mentioned Darius, something Rusty tweeted out. Uh, dude got up on that field Oof. goal. I don't mm-hmm. know if it would have been straight. He might have he caught the thing as high up as he got. I'll tell you, that that's a freaky – um, you know, there's Add some boss daily to it. I retweeted several people that had angles on that thing. And when you see someone look at his feet from the turf, that, that was pretty, uh, it had that kick been straight on. He had a, he had a really, really good chance of blocking that. But, uh, and I've watched that kick three or four times and don't want to, you know, that kid had a really good year, but man, it, it wasn't even close. Like he, it was he hooked it from the start. So much pressure on him to do that, and um, it never even had a chance. When time it left his foot, but had he kicked that thing straight, Darius Smith was squared up, and that dude was off the ground. I don't know. I went back and tried to watch a couple of games scanning through. Never seen Darius Smith on the field, so that was something too. You start talking about game within the game. 
Uh, Georgia had that in their in their arsenal to say, listen, if we got to have one blocked uh, the national, if we got to have one blocked at some point, nineteen is going to do it. Yeah, too. Uh, Nazir Stackhouse said after the game that he thinks if it was trade on, he might have been able to block it. And you know, it's hard to say because we don't know. But they <laughs> they were getting after it for sure. That doesn't surprise me, Nazir. He did. Yeah, I was gonna say he does not lack for confidence. He, he, he basically he he was surprised to see he didn't have uh you know fifteen quarterback pressures in that box score after the game. He said he was he was winning his matchups uh, all night. So seventy eight. If there's anybody that graded out good for Georgia, 78 flat out whipped his dude from Ohio State. I could, there were some battles that Ohio State won, but I don't know if that center wants to see 78 anytime soon because I'm telling you, he was knocked down blocks, uh, just just pretty much dominating him. So you didn't see Ohio State even really try that middle much. Uh, we had a few questions about Max Duggan, and I'll throw this to Kip. But what are your what's your initial read on Max and, and the challenge he is going to present uh, for Georgia from a defensive side, trying to slow him down? Likes to run. Go ahead, Kip. It likes to run. I, I'll be real short and simple. Yeah, I mean he extends plays. He, he's he's a fighter. He doesn't give up. He doesn't get rattled. You know, however the game's going. You talk about Georgia being tested. You know, everyone brings up the the players all brought up that Missouri game. You know, we came from behind. We knew we could do that. That was the difference between this year and last season. Uh, I mean that Max Duggan, Duggan lives in that scenario. And they've had to do that almost every game this year. They've, you know, the they've lived, you know, on the edge. And I mean that that gives you that 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 mental edge going in a game like this that you're not favored to win. You know, if they're down early, I don't think you know he's going to get off track with what he wants to do. And at the same time, yeah, he's a guy that's going to extend plays, and he's a guy that's not afraid to lower his shoulder. And, and you know. If it comes down to fourth and one, or they're at the goal line, uh, you know, as long as the refs are calling the the, the game the the way they should, unlike you know the, in that uh, that championship game where I thought he was in and they didn't call him in, he's a guy that's not afraid to do that. He'll line right up and and and, and get the tough yards, and and so. Georgia's not going to be able to let up against a guy like that because, you know, you can blink and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they've they've come back from down 10 or that, you know, they've had a couple successful drives and, and kept your offense off the field. So I, I think, you know, he obviously has uh, one of, if not the best, the most talented wide receiver in the country. I think Quentin Johnson will probably be the first wide receiver taken uh, in, in this next draft. And he's a guy that has size. He, he, you know, he can win 50-50 balls and he's extremely explosive. So if you have a weapon like that, you can, you can you know, drop back and, and be a little bit of, you know, fearless with the ball knowing that you have a big-time playmaker like that. So I think George is definitely going to have to, like I said, go back to that Oregon game plan, see what worked there. And, and try to implement something like that against him because he does remind me a lot of Bo Nix just with his overall, the toughness, his fearlessness, his mobility, and his ability to push the ball down the field. Uh, I'll tackle this next question from N. Wark Dog, who asks, what is the schedule like for the team this week? Travel, practice, any extracurricular activities? Uh, so the team will fly out at some point on Friday. Uh, we, I will already be 
in LA. So whenever they arrive, hoping to be there to cover that and, and send uh, photos, videos, whatnot from that. Uh, looking at the schedule for the week, Saturday, we will have media day, um, have a chance to talk to both teams and all the coaches and the players. At some point on Saturday, there will be an open practice, 15 minutes, may get to see some more really nice stretching from the Bulldogs. Got a good yoga session while we were in Atlanta. Uh, Sunday, uh, looks like there's a head coach's uh, tele- uh press conference get a chance to see that and then monday's the game so i'm not sure what uh you know their schedule will be as far as activities things like that there may be some of that but i think it's not quite as much as uh, you would see during the the semifinal because big game coming and a couple days to go it's not i think the question left for georgia is will they practice in athens friday and then fly to la or they fly to la and practice in la friday afternoon so Last I heard, that was kind of still up in the air at what time they would arrive. But um, from what I was hearing, they're leaning more towards practicing Friday in L.A. And that'll be something to watch for sure, and and that'll affect what time they get out there. Um, Had a question from someone on the board that uh, all three of us are going to have to figure out. Are you guys going to do an afternoon meetup at a restaurant or a bar like you did last year? It would be good to meet some of the junkyard family out there. The problem, because – the Indianapolis was a polar vortex weather. The good, all thing connected, about, though. the good thing, it was all so close. That's not the case here. What? You're telling me LA's a little so, bigger than LA? LA's a bit bigger than Indianapolis, and it's so spread out, and it's not easy to say, hey, let's meet here, and it takes everybody two hours to get there because of traffic. So uh, we we probably could get together something and say, hey, we're going to be here if you can make it. I, I thought that was really cool last year. We had some things. Um, we will be in the area of the airport where we're staying. It's just put that way. Uh, so if you're if you feel like you can, th- I know there's three major hotels there, and I think that's three miles from the stadium, so it's pretty close. I just saw a tweet. Tell me it's wrong. They don't allow tailgating at the stadium. I don't know. I mean, my God, if that's the case, get They're it out of LA. There's going to be some people from the 706 that might be locked up before because that's that's impossible for me to even fathom that that they don't allow tailgating that is crazy so i probably know i know a couple people that might be in trouble probably have to put them on mute because i can't be dragging people out of la county on on monday afternoon i have to bring bail money so let's just say this we will answer everyone try to get some on the board but we will be in the vicinity of the airport and there's three major hotels there which is close to the stadium maybe we can try to do something uh just put a time out if you want to swing by um you know where we're at uh, that would be cool but i did enjoy that and i've enjoyed it in the past kip and i've been a part of those things in nashville and that's always fun yeah maybe worst case we get to the stadium a little early and just meet outside maybe talk to some people for anybody gonna be there if there's no tailgating well, they may be sitting in the car you're right you're right we'll, we'll have to bring some burgers or something because it doesn't sound like they're cooking them up that's crazy we'll check out the lay of the land and if we find a spot We'll just post it on the junkyard. So you guys uh, just check the junkyard. If 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 you see a post of Rusty, one one of his uh, two posts that day, checking in on everyone, uh, hit, 
if he has a location, we'll be there. We just we, we got to get out there and, and kind of figure it out. I know some of us have been to LA a couple more times than others, and uh, yeah, it's pretty sprawling. So I'm trying to talk Kip into the Lakers Hawks game Friday night. If you oh guys. man, yeah. we were just talking about that. Yeah, we I, I went through double overtime last night. I, I'm supposed to be in bed by midnight. I'm uh, self-imposed trying to get set up for this game covering this national championship. They go to double overtime, and I'm 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 texting a coworker here uh, at the network and, and just asking, well, why am I watching this? Because I know how it's going to end. Every single play is torture, and yet here I am still thinking about going to this Lakers game. Uh, Sounds like a Georgia fan. Sounds like a kind of like the the Chicago Wrigley Fields Notre Dame weekend. Sounds like a lot of Georgia fans are going to try to make that Lakers game Friday night, which is ten thirty hour time. So. I don't know if I've been up that late in a long time. So we'll see. We'll keep y'all abreast of what we wind up doing, no doubt. So before we get out of here, Georgia men's basketball minute tomorrow night, Georgia versus Auburn in Stegman Coliseum at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. First SEC game of the year for Georgia. And they're 10-3. and This is only fourth time in program history. Georgia had 10 wins before the new year. So a really strong start for Mike White and company, but they're going to get a big test from Bruce Pearl and the Tigers. I'll be out there at that game. I'll cover that game, so be sure to follow along uh, as I cover that game tomorrow night. And uh, a little sneak preview for people watching who won't, who didn't get enough TCU content today. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to have on Jeremy Clark from hornfrogblitz.com. He is with our 247 side out there at TCU. We are going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about TCU how Sonny Dykes and the Horn Frogs got to this point. Talk a little bit about matchups and his expectations for this game. So it should be a fun one. If you're listening to this after the fact, we're probably going to hold that audio until Thursday or Friday, but you can watch it live if you have a chance on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so we're going to wrap it up right there. Thanks for Rusty. Thanks for Kip. Thanks to everybody who watched this live, listen live, and thanks to everybody listening to it after the fact. So we get out of here on that. All kinds of content coming up uh, these next few days. National title game, getting ready for on Monday. It's crazy to think. Um, but we'll get ready for that and uh, get you guys all kinds of stories and all kinds of videos, all that good stuff to watch in between now and kickoff on Monday night. So we're out of here on that. Until next time, take care. Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale. Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.